to another episode of the Third Person Podcast. I am Chris Milhouse, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Daryl Hammond. How are you, Daryl? Chris, a few minutes ago, I actually jumped up in the air and clicked my heels together. Wow, <laughs> that's how good he's doing. And then obviously I sh- we're I also... Shot, I shouted Eureka a little while ago. <laughs> I just can't get happier than this. Oh, perfect, man. <laughs> this, is, this is the ceiling. This is the way you. This is the way you start a podcast, and obviously, we also have our our producer Jim Search is in the house with us too. And hey. I have my producer Kathleen Murphy. Shout out hey. to Kathleen Murphy. Thank you for being with us today. We've um, got a great episode. Um, before we bring in our guest, uh, though, we had, we took a couple weeks off. Uh, had a nice little hiatus there for a minute. We had a lot of good feedback from the Yang podcast, which was great. Uh, a lot of nice. I heard you got nice sixty three five star reviews on Apple. It was a lot of reviews and a lot of positivity, and I guess a lot of people. I was worried, and I preference this with Daryl in the uh, before uh, podcast, our, our little intro, is that I was worried that people were going to be like, oh, you asked him too many serious questions, you know, and it wasn't as jokey and, and silly as it normally could be. And uh, But anyways, people seemed to like it. They, they said it was very informative. We have a lot of New York listeners, so that's cool, you know, because we got to inform some New Yorkers of what – Andrew Yang uh, is going to do in this uh, mayoral campaign there. It sounds like math was on our side. Math was on our side. And, um, you know, real quick, uh, shout out to anybody who knows Andrew Yang or if Andrew Yang is listening. Uh, we hope you get better soon. He came down with COVID recently. Uh, seems to be okay. He's tweeting through it, says he's fine. Um, you know, quarantining, which is good. Uh, but here's to a speedy recovery, my friend. And uh, thanks for being on our podcast, Andrew. Um, Guys, before we bring in our guest, we got a big weekend this weekend. It's Valentine's Day weekend. How are you guys love. feeling? You feeling good? You feeling love in the air? What's going on? Are you going to go to the park and try to pick chicks up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goddamn right I am. Uh, that's, a, that's an all-weather activity, Daryl. doesn't matter. There's snow on the okay. ground. Who cares? And the, the best know, thing is... With Amore in the air, you know, <laughs> it being Valentine's Day at all, Chris might want to ask it. Well, the bad thing is now I'm out in California. I got my parents' dog, so I've got an automatic in right away. <laughs> mm, yeah. I will be spending I'll be spending Valentine's Day with the one I love, which is a burrito in San Diego. That's what I'm going to be doing, hanging out. I'm doing a, a, a show at the Comedy Store in La Jolla. It's already sold out, so thanks in advance to anybody who already bought tickets. But uh, it'll be be fun to do a show again, by the way. Uh, it's my first show since Daryl and I did one Wait, in Pennsylvania. what show are you doing? Down in San Diego, I'm doing a show at the Comedy Store in La Jolla. Oh, they've great. got a, they put a little setup in the outdoors right behind the Comedy Store. So it's gonna be nice. You're to get back lucky man. We're we're in New York and we're um, we've got cabin fever. And if you want to get together with someone, you're gonna have to sit in a snowbank. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, someone. Or no, to- indoor dining is open now, though. I mean, look, just because just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, who did, I, your threshold for cold is only so much when you're eating outside and doing stuff outdoors. Uh, well, but I bought did, the warmest boots you can possibly buy, they say, right? And okay, they last really well for like a half an hour, 45 minutes. <laughs> and but they're, well, not meant, they're not meant to go past an hour. And past an hour, if it's like, um, if the real feel is 10 degrees, it'll start getting cold after an hour. Yeah. Is they did open indoor neat. dining, so the indoor dining is back for Valentine's Day specifically. 
So they're doing that for about, uh, I think it's like 25% capacity, supposedly. But, you know, all the restaurants are just going to go over it anyway. They need to make some money. Yeah. So it's going to... It's going to be a hard sell. I don't know how you really, as a restaurant, sell someone on like, here's a Valentine's Day package where you can sit in a parking lot with the one you love. That's, that's <laughs> would you it. like to spend, spend your night with the one you love with plastic silverware? <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing Enjoy says, your time together. Nothing says I love you like sitting in the gutter on Broadway. Like frostbite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frostbite, need a good really make- gets, frostbite really gets the point across. <laughs> Need mm-hmm. a good makeout spot? How about the bike lane? That's a great makeout spot. <laughs> yeah, love is crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of love, I uh, I love this uh, this guest we have today. Wow, uh, what a segue! I know, right? Yeah. I that? should. Yeah. I should have my own show. Thank you very much uh, on television somewhere. Um, but yes, I love our guest today. He's not without his faults, man. This guy's been through the ringer. He's done a lot in his lifetime. Uh, he is a former three time All Star. In Major League Baseball, uh, World Series champion with the 1986 Mets team, which was fucking bananas. And uh, he played a long time with the Phillies, which is also a crazy team. This guy has stories. Uh, he's He's been through the ring. He's been through everything. Um, you know, he's uh, he's very forward about his life. He doesn't hide things, which is cool. That's why I like, uh, you know, the fact that this dude's joining us today. But Lenny Dykstra is our guest today. So let's say we add him on and have him join. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Third Person Podcast, Mr. Lenny Dykstra. How are you, Lenny? Wow, we get right into it, huh? I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining no, us. We appreciate you being here. No poor player or nothing, huh? <laughs> no playing around. How you doing, man? You doing all right? Yeah, you know, just um, another day, you know, another day above ground is a good day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What's up over there, Daryl? How you doing, brother? I'm happy to see you. I'm happy I've been... Sitting inside, and it's really cold and snowy here, so I've been sort of isolated here. And well, happy yeah, to meet you. Nice, happy nice to meet office. you. Nice uh, office, back there. nice office, bro. I, I like the the dark colors of wood back there, and uh, kind of matches your, your your hat and everything. And uh, you already you got it going on already. I don't do my Zoom, you know, so I put my teeth in for you guys. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, man. We. We feel many, privileged many, for that. How many teeth do you put in? Uh, well, I have, I have implants, so it cost me about 80, 80 grand. It took me four years to do it. Is that so, from all the dip, man, from the chew? No, no, when I was in the cooler, you know, um, I had this big, big organization called the federal government pissed off at me, and they put me in this fucking place, you know, called jail. And so some of the deputies kind of, we had it out one night, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty good, so, so, uh, uh, I said, you better fucking kill me, motherfuckers. And they almost did. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, it sounds like you've been through yeah. some shit. Oh, hey, hey, can, can I hear about that again? This was an altercation in prison? Yeah, yeah. So, so like I said, you know, like, like, like I caught some very powerful people doing some bad things, okay? And so they got kind of afraid and, and, uh, and, and, Called this organization called the federal government and put me in the fucking cooler, you know. That's where I read my first book. And um, I never read books because I thought they hurt my eyes when I played baseball, you know. I don't wear glasses either, but for some reason, like I'm wearing them today because, um, like, I'm, I don't know, I'm getting a little older, bro. But when I was in the cooler, um, um, which is a whole different world, 
uh, long way from fucking robes and room service, you know what I mean? Uh, the deputies, you know, this is L.A. County. They had a big problem over there in L.A. County. A lot of them went to prison for this. But um, one time this guy's whistling, taking out of the ball game, you know, and so I said, you know, not tonight, you know, Daryl. I said, fucking, you know, not tonight. He said, what did you say? I said, dude, back, man, not tonight. Next thing you know, six of them come fucking barreling in my fucking cell. I'm fucking battling my ass off, dude. And next thing I know, it was a fucking scrounge that killed, almost killed me. And, and I said, I got a lawsuit going against them. And uh, they knocked a bunch of my teeth out. And, and um, But they couldn't get me, man. They had to, they had to carry me out of there. They could, and I remember hearing one of the motherfuckers say, man, I can't get a hold of this little motherfucker, man. So, yeah, they, had to, so they, they dragged me down the halls and it was crazy shit. But um, just, um, just you know, another day in the life of, of Lenny Dykstra, you know what I mean? I, I planted the flag on fucking Mount Everest, and I've slept in the depths of Death Valley, you know? And that's how, that's how I roll. Yeah, man, you've been through some stuff, dude. It sounds like it. Got to. Why not? I mean, look. I did four days in jail in the Caribbean. Um, you did? I, sir, I did. I uh, was lucky. Caribbean. I, yeah, wow. in, in Freeport. Hey, so listen, man. I got to do Saturday Night Live, man, a few times I was at the Mets. And when I say do it, like a guest appearance. My boy, Lauren, man. Lauren, is a, he's a cool motherfucker, huh? <laughs> Lauren, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. That was such a cool, cool scene there. Like, everybody seems so casual, so, like, comfortable there, you know? Like, um, I guess um, because I was out of my element. Like, if, I, if you guys were at a baseball field, it would be the same way, you know? Yeah, um, I don't know. I felt I, I felt the job was so hard. I was scared most of the time. For you, probably it was hard, man. I mean, you guys had to perform so so fast, and I mean, I mean, it was um, it was pretty intense. But Lauren, Lauren Michaels, he never he always seemed pretty cool, man. You know, it's difficult to read read somebody um, that has that much on their mind. I mean, Lauren's considering two hundred things at one time, and he keeps the stone face because he's got so much going on. Yeah, but yeah. yeah he's, he's a cool cat. He doesn't lose his nerve, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, he is. And, and, yeah, so, yeah, you, you did that, like, a long time. Then you started doing the announcing for him, too, right? To, to what? You, you, started, you did the announcing for him, too. For oh, him. yeah, I do that now, and sometimes I do it on camera, but not too much anymore, but... Hey, hey, dude, let me ask you about Chris Farley, man. I probably I, I with him a couple nights. He was pretty cool. He, yeah, he was a golden human being. He was, right? Yes, sir. That's what I thought, man. I, I enjoyed my time with him, man. It was a sad, sad thing. You know, yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know the acts of kindness that he he was involved in. You know, I don't want to, you know, out of respect for the Farley family, I don't, I don't want to tell stories that haven't ever been in the media, but he did stuff for people. You can feel it, man. You can feel my man just a couple of nights over, over drinks. You know what I mean? You know, there's there's that that realness there when when you know he's telling you it's, it's not like the, the the okay. Let me give you the, the the charity, you know, hi and hello, or you know, it was real. Like you know, when we look, you feel it, and like there's a lot of life there too, you know. And and anyways, I don't want to get on some subject that's, that's sad, but 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 um, he was. Um, 
it's, it's, it was a tragic, tra- tragic thing to happen. But um, like I said, um, he's. I'm glad to hear that my read was right on him. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could tell. Um, he went out of his way to help people consistently, and I don't think people. I know people don't know about it. I yeah. found out about it because I I was hanging out with him one night and. <sighs> We were near Malachi's church, and we talked to some people from the church. I mean, the guy was a good dude. He, he was a decent soul. Yeah, what? I mean, I don't, speed, man. I couldn't get to read on speed, though, man. You know. Um, what he was on speed? No, speed. Oh, speed. Hey, David Spade. <laughs> I couldn't get to read on him. You know. Um, I think he's probably not as, as as outgoing or forthcoming, but also a really good guy. And yeah. Um, yeah, I I met Spade a few times. He's he's nice. Uh, he's jokey if he knows you. Like if there's somebody that, that vouches for you, kind of with him, joke around with you. But otherwise, he keeps himself a lot. Like he's very like a uh, introvert type of guy until he's on. Like and then when he's on television, he you know he's got that uh, that funny snarky, you know, witty yeah. sense of humor to him. But he's a good guy. I, I I've met him a few times. Dave David's a really nice dude. I think part I've always said part of Lauren's genius is he can he can pick decent human beings to get in that in that biosphere and under all that fucking pressure and not mistreat one another. Um and um I met some extraordinary people there over the years, that's for sure. Oh yeah, man. That's a, that, I mean that was there. There was so many moving parts going on, dude, it's crazy. And it happened so fast. So when they say Saturday Night Live, it's really live, man. You know? And and yeah. so it's like game on. It's good. Like, 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 like the game's on. So everybody's moving. But, but yeah, it's been a, that was, that was like an awesome thing to look forward to on Saturday. You don't kind of have that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like, like TV's different now. It's like baseball's different. I mean, baseball's like fucking a human Xanax now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, I, I think the hardest thing about SNL was the emotional just keeping keeping your cool, but your emotions just by the end of the year it gets worn down and it adds up year after year after year and emotionally it's so draining. The, the tension of performing at that level consistently, you know what it's like here in the big leagues. Yeah, that's uh, the pressure, you know, and, and it's the pressure. And the thing is, is you know that you're in the business of entertainment, and and, and without um, some people mail in, some people care, you know, and I care. So, like, when I played baseball, what I would do is, after every game, I would um, I would go in my locker and I'd sit down in my locker you know, by myself and I'd say, okay, if I was a, if I was a fan, would I have paid money to watch me play tonight? That's kind of how I judge, that's, that's how I kind of judge myself, you know? And so the answer is yes, every time except once, you know? Uh, do you give? Did you give yourself an A for effort if you played as hard as you could? Or yeah, see, see what I mean is that's a good point is made. I, I can still go hold for four and still say I played the game right. I mean, because the game's hard. I mean, we say yeah. hard. I mean, look, if you can just fail seventy percent of the time, just seventy percent of the time, you're going to be the best player in the league. So, so really, it's about managing failure is what it is. Well, it's a round bat. It's a round ball. It's coming up there ninety-five to hundred miles an hour, and it's moving. That's hard. Yeah. Well, and then there's people out there. There's, and there's eight of them. And they've been putting those motherfuckers out there a long time for a reason. You know, yeah. They don't all have to stand 
why does one, always, one person goes to the left, one goes to the center, one goes to the right? And they go there because over years, the, the percentages have shown that balls go in them areas more often than not. So not only do you have to hit it, and like you said, and the pitchers are way better now, okay, because see, see, what, one of the things people don't understand about about baseball now is, is baseball, talking about pitching and hitting, as a hitter, if, if I know a fastball's coming, I don't care if it's a 120-mile-an-hour fastball. I'm going to hit it, okay? I'm going to time it and hit it. So, so pitchers have learned that when you're hitting, it's always about trying to get yourself in a predictable situation. You need to get the count in your favor so you can sit on a fastball or you know, get a certain pitch you can look for. Now, those pitchers, they're not afraid to throw a change-up 2-0, a curveball 2-0. What that does is throws your timing off, and so it deceives you. Yeah. They'll throw a curveball on three and two. Exactly. And that damn curve is going, by the way, about 83 miles an hour. Um, yeah. So, so you, you know a little bit about baseball, I can tell. But but see, the thing about baseball is, is again, and I don't say this to brag. Um, I say it the other way. I mean, I led the major leagues and hits two years, okay? And, like, I mean, I'm 5'9", and, I mean, and I'm not because I was the best here, not, not even close. But because I figured out how, how the game works and, and, and how the, these percentages work, and it's all about math, okay? And and um, it helps if you get a PI uh, uh, a company full of private investigators, too, to get dirt on umpires. Then you're really fixed, then you're really straight. You know what I mean? Chris, you got me up there, bro? Yeah, I got you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chris. You get them umpires on your side, you got everything. So, like, when I was playing, like, I was like saying, see, the counts work, so it all works out this way. So the counts, you know, take, take a 160-game schedule. If it's 0-1, you're going to hit 180. Okay, because you have to do, you know, average over over the 160 games. If it's 1-0, you're going to hit like 280. So these pitchers are so good. I mean, they can hit a gnat's ass. On, you know, so the umpire, a lot of times, can call the ball or a strike. So... I got tired of fucking walking up to home plate saying, hey, how you doing tonight? Everything good tonight? And Brown knows the umpire. Fuck that. <laughs> so you know what I did? I just hired it. I spent 500 fucking thousand dollars, hired a group of a team of PIs, followed, it, followed all the umpires around. Their blood just as red as fucking ours. Some of them like fucking women, some of them like men, some fucking gamble, some whatever. Okay? So, <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, look at and, and, wow. and guess, what? guess what happened? I've had the league in hits and, and walks the next few years. Coincidence? <laughs> but coincidence? I think not. Okay. So what did you say to them when you got to the plate? Because you said you hired PIs to follow oh, them yeah. around. For instance, for instance, I'd be up there and like, you know, say uh, one of them players, I don't want to say their names, but That's you know, you know, there's a couple of them like gay, you know, hey, look. Everybody, whatever they are, but everybody, we all, we all, we all humans, you know, we all have Yeah, no, yeah, whatever. Yeah. whatever so anyway, you they call us a strike, a borderline strike on me. I said, hey, what's that? He said, uh, I said, hey, you missed last night, didn't you? Huh? You, you're on the wrong side, weren't you? And, you, know, but did you have, did, look at him. did you have conversations that elaborate with umpires during your, and at bat? During, right during the draft. That's what he's talking about, yeah. But, but remember, you, would just, you, but would remember just the you would just turn to the guy and go, that, that, yeah, I didn't turn, though. I didn't turn. I didn't have to turn. And remember, the word got around to the umpires, too. 
and I didn't have to do it the second round, second half. Because, you know, it's a different crew. You see that same crew probably seven, eight times during the season, you know what I mean? So yeah. they knew not to fuck with me. Because, no, because fear does a lot to a man, okay? <laughs> see, fear changes the way people think, okay? And then so when he knows that I know that he's fucking sucked somebody's dick last night, okay? Wait, wait, Lenny, how do you know that? He hired PIs, private, private investigators. Five hundred fucking thousand dollars, I guess. Okay, and then, what did you do with that information? He t- told it to him uh, when he was at the plate. Uh, Turn it into three. Turn it into thirty million. Uh, <laughs> I at it this way, I looked at it like I'm going to make a five hundred thousand dollar investment to make thirty million. To get a you know a big contract. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked. So you just went up there and went, dude. I got video of you chugging cock. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that much, but let's say, well, one of the guys that was gay, I'd say, uh, hey, I was, uh, we were in Houston, I think. I said, hey, bro, I want to turn, I'd be at the dish like this, and I'd say, hey, bro, you sure that was a strike, man? Um, um, well, by the way, how was Rick's last night? Um, <laughs> oh, fucking see dead it's fucking science next fucking my, my strikes don't want to hear this shoot shoot <laughs> I mean I let the league in walks I let the league in walks and at bats it was no one's ever done in the history of baseball but I let the league in walks two years ago and hits you though I mean after I got on the shit I mean I'm not gonna lie I got on the fucking I mean I, I became pretty good with a little fucking pin too you know what I mean right in the no. Oh, you got a little steroids. You got, yeah. Why wouldn't I, man? Like, look, first of all, you're playing against these fucking Dominicans, you know, that that, that are out there playing baseball every day. I'm five foot nine. I couldn't last, dude. I mean, the season's draining. It's a fucking rigorous schedule. People don't understand how hard that schedule is when you play every day. Well, especially if you burn the candle like I do on both ends, okay? Then you have to take a lot of amphetamines, okay? So now the weight's pouring out there, and you get to August, the bat throws like a fucking tree trunk, and you fucking timber, dude, okay? Because, so, like, in 1990, I remember saying, you know, when I got traded to the Phillies, like, they said, you're going to be an everyday center field before I got on the steroids. And, and so I came out of the gates, I got traded with, with the Mets, it was Father's Day, we were playing in Philadelphia. And, um, you know, when I played with the Mets, they always platooned me. You know, I played only against right-handed pitchers. And to make any money, you have to be an everyday player. So so I kept telling them either fucking play me or trade me. So we're in Philadelphia on Father's Day, and it's a right-handed pitcher. And I got him two for two. I don't know why. But after the second at bat, David Johnson, the manager, says, you're done for the day. I said, what? You're done. So I go up the runway and sit in fucking pits off watching the TV and the great Harry Callis, he's one of the greatest. He's, he's gone now, but was probably one of the greatest announcers ever. He, he did the halftime highlights for NFL. You probably remember his voice. I remember yeah. him. Harry yeah, Callis, yeah. man. Harry the K. Great so, announcer. We used to party together, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped travel with me one time in Houston. It was crazy. And that's another story. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking crazy story. But, but anyway, you um, I'm listening to the game. You know, he, he, he announced for Philly, and he said, a lot of action today around the vet here. He said, initials are LD. I said, fuck, I just got traded. So I'm sitting in my fucking little cubby hole, you know, the game ends. I get to come in for the tap. I get the little tap on the shoulder. You know, David wants to see in his office. 
So I go in there, and there's him and the Mac and the the the, the general manager. And it was a trip, bro. He says, uh, "Hey, listen, I want to thank you for helping us win the World Series. We just traded the Philadelphia Phillies." I said, "Wait, <laughs> that? Wait, the team in the other lock clubhouse over there?" I said, "What do I meet him at home plate? What do I do? Uh, how does it work?" <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's really weird, you know. So you so, got traded. You got traded to Philly while you were playing the Phillies. Yeah, and then right? and they no, halfway through the halfway through the game. That's yeah, so man, fucking it, crazy. It's crazy, yeah. But 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 um, so so I get there, and you know the team's bad, you know. I mean, it's bad. And so so the, the general manager was cool as shit. Lee Thomas, he said, "Look, you're gonna be our leadoff guy." To the, so I come out of the gates fucking raking, you know. Fucking get to August, September. Fuck it. I'm, I'm not a big guy, man. And so I literally just can't hold up. So I temper. I end up hitting like 240 or something. And, you know, he tells me, he says, listen, the general manager says, You're, we're going to give you 1990. It was like mid-89, 90, in the summer of 89 when they traded me. But, but he says, we're going to give you 1990 to be our guy every day. We think you can do it. So now, I'm saying to myself, okay, I know I can play baseball. I don't need a fucking drug to play baseball. I need something that can keep me strong and hold up. Okay, so, so you know, I lived in, I lived in Mississippi at the time. I was, I was married. And the people lived there, by the way, so you know. In where? Mississippi. Mississippi, okay. Yeah, people, people do live there. Humans, people there are, live in Mississippi, people, there's yeah. life there. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I'm saying to myself, what am I going to do, you know? I mean, basically, 1990, the next season is going to determine whether I'm a millionaire, okay, and play, or I get a real job and make fucking 45 grand taking orders or someone. So I call this hillbilly doctor up. No, on everything I love, man. I never tell the truth. I never, I never, I never lie. There's no reason to. It's easier to tell the truth, even if people don't like you for it. They yeah, no, I, we appreciate it. I know, I, I definitely like appreciate it. We're telling the truth. I don't give a fuck, though. You know why? Yeah. They want what I have. They just don't have the fucking balls to go after it, okay? <laughs> so so that's just the way it is. But but anyways, so I tell the guy, listen, remember, they're not illegal steroids yet at this time. This is like, you know, end of 89 going into 1990. And I say, listen, now I don't know anything about steroids. I don't know anything about anything. I tell my situation, I said, look, I don't need a drug fucking tell me how to play baseball. I can do that. that, 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 that I've been doing that my whole life. But this schedule is so rigorous and hot and uh, six months, I said, I need something that's gonna, I'm, I'm going to hold up and stay, stay strong so I can last all season. So he writes me this prescription. He says, go to Rite Aid over there and fill it and come back and I'll show you how to do it. I said, okay. I look at it and I don't even know what it is. And get to the thing. It's Decadurable. Okay. That's what it is. I'm in line at the pharmacy. They fill it and it's these files, and I don't know what it is. I go back to his office, and this guy's got a fucking harpoon waiting for me, like this. <laughs> it says, "Okay, I want you to take this twice a week." Da da da. Yeah, I got a trainer, dude. I kid you not. I fucking show up in spring training. I remember I weighed 160 before that, 192, like a fucking Greek statue. Walking in there with a 15-inch fucking cock, okay? <laughs> and, and like this, motherfuckers. There's a new fucking sheriff in town, motherfuckers. And it ain't Reggie Hammond, okay? It's Lenny fucking Dykstra. Okay? And fucking, yeah. what do I do? What do I do? Hold on. What do I do? 
I fucking, I, what do I do? I fucking leave the lady and hit that year. Coincidence? I think not, okay? And, <laughs> and I'm hitting 400 in June. And like I said, man, like, so, so I did whatever I had to do to stay on the field and to help support my family. And, you know, I probably, you know, a lot of attorneys, you know, probably 15, 20 attorneys should sue you. That's part of the job, you know what I mean? <laughs> made a lot of made a lot of deposits, bro, if you know what I mean. Oh God. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking about the last part. I know, man. Um but, I so- and by the way, I haven't made a deposit in a long time these days. I'm old now, bro. It's okay. Yeah, so you know all I care about now is hearing these words. I can't believe I'm doing this. Okay. Get, it's a thrill of the kill. So, you know, Daryl, I don't wanna I have to take a dick pill, I don't fucking it's a big process now. Fuck all that, man. Yeah, too much fucking work. It's just a thrill. Deal. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm good. Well, well I mean, um, <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, think about. It. I'm right. Am I right about this or wrong? If you think about it, pussy, okay, has 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 is 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 literally the most powerful. It makes people make bad decisions. In fact, empires have fallen over it. Okay, now. And, and again, whatever you know, whatever whatever people like, they like. But I like strange pussy. Okay, you know, I like to see. I like to check out. I like to check out the slot. You know, like you know, just you know, <laughs> a lot of different things. But, but normal though. But a normal dude, not into weird shit. Like I tell my chicks, don't tell me to pull your fucking hair. Don't tell me to choke you. You put your finger near my ass, I'll break it fucking off. Okay? <laughs> You're a wild man, Lenny. <laughs> What yeah. is, uh, Lenny, what does uh, ATM mean? Uh, I gotta get that cat, right? Is that ass to mouth? <laughs> <laughs> we all know what it means, Daryl. Um, hey, Daryl, man, listen, hey, so I got censored last night on Sound Guys. I did this big interview, this radio interview on, 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 uh, on, uh, WFAN. WFAN? Yeah, you got, yeah, you got yeah, censored. With Craig, with, with Craig Carton. So I told all, all the people what really happened with the Mets, you know, and with Darling and, you know, how the Wilpon sold. And I basically told them the truth. Okay? What's the truth? <laughs> so you're talking about how Wilpon sold the, the team, the Mets. Well, the truth is this. I mean, look. What's the truth? And, and by the way, not only by telling anybody and everybody, anybody above ground to prove me wrong, they can't prove me wrong because I had all the, the fact. So Ron Darling, okay, he wrote a book, okay, he wrote a book in 2019, and, you know, right out of the opening day, the, the excerpts came out, and Darling had these crazy-ass comments about me, saying, like, I was, you know, in Game 3 of the World Series and in Boston, I was calling Oil Can Boyd all these racist names, and it was crazy. And so, so that's first, not true. None of that is true. Not until first thing that happens is all of all African American players, my man Strawberry and Gooden and Mitchell, they come out and, and saying, you know, Darling is full of shit, he's a liar. Okay. And Blackman, Don Decatur says he's crazy. So now the fans are fucking taking Darling apart. Remember, he's an announcer for for for, for the match. He's their main announcer. So they're the, they're they're shredding him, okay? And it's, there's no end in sight. So what you do, he fucking he takes a fucking the only thing he could do, and that's he takes a leave of absence because you know he said he had you know cancer. Okay, what a coincidence. Okay, so you know even I had to lay off him because that's a sensitive situation. 
So yeah. he got what he wanted. Okay, Eric, the fans turned and pity and, and, and feeling sorry for him. But see, he picked the wrong motherfucker as an enemy. Okay, me. Okay. okay? So, because I know that motherfucker and I watched him and I knew him. And that motherfucker had an AM cancer. So, the bottom line is, after fucking months of grinding, I got the fucking facts, real facts. And I told fucking, the, wrote a, I wrote an email to Jeff Wilpon. I told him, I said, you're fucking in on it, man. I said, I said, listen to me, man. I said, I said, I said, you know, the Wilpons, like, so, you know, I wrote a letter to Jeff Wilpon and I told him what happened. And Are I, you I, saying that Ron Darling was lying about having cancer? Ron Darling fake cancer. Ron Darling right now is a fraud. Ron Darling has cancer. Like, I fucking, like, 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 like I'm playing fucking quarterback for the Jets next year. Okay. And <laughs> okay. he has no fucking cancer. Well, what, what was your proof? Like, how do you know that he, he faked it? Because he panicked, dude. He had a doctor. I kept, because he kept saying he would never name a surgeon. And see, Darling, he's a Yale guy, Mr. P. I nicknamed him, you know, Mr. Perfect. And see, if Darling had fucking cancer, like he said he did, and he, after the surgery, he would have sucked that fucking surgeon's cock, saying, this guy saved my life, and he had a bunch of kids around him. But he kept saying, he kept saying, my doctor, my doctor, my doctor, my doctor. <laughs> He wouldn't, he wouldn't say who the doctor was. <laughs> the doctor was my doctor, my doctor, my doctor. Plus, I know Mr. P. Okay, he would have a big fucking start of big you know, cancer, fucking whatever. He's, he's a politician. Like I said, you get that fucking far up there. Second off, dick he does again. Anyways, <laughs> so 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 the bottom line is, I put the pressure on his attorney. His attorney's an angel maniac. I had a case him five years ago. So I keep calling this fucking guy up. He panics, bro. Writes a fraudulent letter. Writes a letter from a doctor, John Olitsky, okay, who was a team meth doctor. Fake letter, dude. Fucking, and all the dates. Now, remember, that letter is the Bible now, because you have to use them dates that the doctor says, you know, he would have done. So, no, that's one of the stories, okay? So now, the Wilpons, now, they have to make a decision, okay? They have to decide if they're in this one, which they should have, you know, because you fucking you can't lie to the fans. I mean, tell the fans you got cancer. This motherfucker got 5,000 letters a month coming in to him saying, oh, what an inspiration you are. What a, you give me hope. You give me, you give me a fucking dick in your fucking hands, what he gives you. <laughs> it's a fucking fraud, man. And so I told him, too. I said, this is a motherfucker. I'm going to make it my mission on earth to fucking prove you fucking lying motherfucker. And I don't give a fuck about what you said about me. It's the fans. You're playing the, the fans who made fucking, who make baseball and who pay their fucking salaries, okay? That's who got hurt the most. And still today, it's ongoing. Yeah. It's still, it, it's still going today because... Is Darling still the uh, announcer there? Yeah. Okay. It got too far in. They've got too far in. So... Because the Wilpons yeah. don't own the team anymore. They oh, sold yeah, it. You know why? You know why? Me. That's why. You? Yeah, me. And by the way, it's the fucking truth. Because I went to the commissioner and I said, maybe baseball, the most important priority is the integrity of the game. Okay. Then you have these owners who turned a blind eye to a guy fucking faking cancer. So one of two things are going to happen. You're going to force them to sell this fucking team to my boy, Steve McCone. 
Okay? And I put him in there too. The billionaire. Yeah. I'm a whale hunter, bro. Yo, the, the fan the fans seem to love this new owner, by the way, for the Yeah, Mets. well I put him there. So they should. So so He got so, threatened recently. Why did he get threatened over? Yeah, he was like was all, life threats. Bullshit. So check this out. Death threats. So, I write a letter I write a letter to do you remember when Tom was gonna buy the team? I don't know how much you guys know about the Nets and all what happened, but he was in long negotiations with, with the with the Will Pawns. The Will Pawns are such fucking cutthroat meaning he had so much money though. He was going to agree to the deal, but it was just too much. He wanted control for five years. So at the end of February, he announces that he's, the deal is off. He's walking away. And, you know, Stephen Combs is a big hedge fund guy in New York. He loves the Mets. It was his favorite team growing up. He wanted to buy him. And, and with all that money, couldn't do it. So he announced he's walking away. Okay. So I write a letter, an email to his, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but his main lieutenant, and say, listen, man. I got a fucking, I got a way where I can get our boy back in. It's a game changer. I, I'm going to force the fucking will fund to sell. Okay? So, long story short, like I said, let me, let me read this letter I wrote to him. Okay? So, well, so, I, I hope that you're getting a, a percentage of the team after all this. Nothing about it. Nothing <laughs> know about it. Check this out. Okay. Last February, after months of failed negotiations with the will fund, this is a letter I wrote to fucking the guy that that was his right hand man. I never talked to, to Steve, the owner yet. I don't okay. think he don't even knows I did what I did for him. I think he might have found out last night. They cut that off. They censored that shit. That's all. So I wrote this guy a letter and said, last uh, last February after months of failed negotiations with the Wolf on them, behalf Steve Cone, the only guy that I believe blew up. Headline said, this point Steve Cone walks away from Mets purchase. I said, I believe it's safe to say any help of Steve Cohn buying the Mets was all but gone, dead in the water. Wouldn't you agree? That being said, I said, what if just a few months later, in early 2020, Lenny Dykstra promised Stephen Cohn the following. Hey, Steve, got some great news for you, bro. I know it's going to be crazy. It sounds crazy, but in a matter of months, you're going to be the new owner of the New York Mets. Yeah. I know it's hard to believe. It's only been months since your attempt to buy the Mets fell apart. That's true. But stick with me, brother, okay? It's real, Steve. In a matter of months, you'll be the new owner of New York Mets, and it gets better. The purchase price will be $300 million less. So far, so good, Steve. We cool so far? Okay. How about this, Steve? Yeah. You're going to take control of the team immediately, too. Oh, another thing. You want to buy SNY? You can buy them, too. That's a TV station. And wait for it, Steve. Wait for it now, because Eric Gilbert, right? It gets better. The deal will be completed by the end of the summer. Yes, Steve, you are only a few months away from being the new owner of the New York Mets. So you wrote he that before he, he got it. Fucking said, Look, if someone would have told him that at that time, he would have said, take this motherfucker to the fucking insane asylum. <laughs> yeah, but it came guess true. What, guess, what, guess what, bro? Every fucking thing I just told you came true. Yeah, well, that's Every great, man. Every fucking thing I just told you came true. Lenny Dykstra, Lenny Dykstra, Nostradamus over here. He predicted that. How'd that come true? How'd that come true? Because you had insider info. How did the Wilpons go from being, listen, they hated fucking Cone too. They they got ugly at the end. So what I have to do, I had to force the the commissioner to have a highest bid contest because no one's going to outbid my boy Cone. So for the first time in the history of fucking Major League Baseball, the, the sale format, is the highest bidder, okay? 
Okay. Yes, it's been cloned. Okay, now. And all of a sudden, this. The Wilpons, who are shrewd motherfucking negotiators, are fucking cutthroat. What, what made them all of a sudden turn on a dime to be these nice guys, take 300 million less, not have control of the sale? And, like, because really? they had proof, because you had proof yeah, about the Ron Darling shit? Because Commissioner forced them to do it, okay? Okay. Okay. Now, and like I said, so this all starts, it all ties together with Darling. So I use the leverage I had on Darling, okay, who the fucking lying cocksucker, fucking, <laughs> fucking fraud, cancer. Tell us, tell us how you really feel, man. Dude, dude, <laughs> it's not about me either. You know, the thing is, it really isn't about me, man. It's about the fans, man. I love no, if he's lying, if he's lying, if that, that's I, I fucked up, for, that's really fucked Yeah, I play for the fans, man. You know what I mean? And like, like the fans, and, and and that's the fucking. They're getting hurt. They're getting no. Yeah, when yeah. No, when I come out and say this shit, you have that's, people, yeah, if that's true, man. It's have, really fucked up. People come up, but you have people right in after the show saying that was out of his fucking mind. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's fucking it. I am. I'll show you fucking crazy. Anybody, <laughs> I, I, I'll put it out there right now. Anybody above ground and breathing, I challenge you to prove me fucking wrong. Ron Darling, all you have to do is fucking show it, motherfucker. If you, if, <laughs> hey, hey, if you got, if some dude says, you know what, I'll bet you fucking a thousand bucks I got a 15 inch cock. And you know what, some little white dude said that to you. What are you going to say to him? I'll say, fuck, I'll take that bet. So how do you do it? You know, you whip it out. You got to show it. You got to fucking measure it. So that's, all, that's all Darling had to do, right? But he hasn't done it. And by the way, I've called them all out because you know why? You ever play poker, bro? Yeah, of course. Okay, you know, so now, you, know, you know the feeling on the river, man, when a fucking, fucking car comes down the river and you read the board and you know you got the best hand. And when you got the best hand, you got options, okay? Because life's about fucking options, okay? Meaning, do I put a coat on or do I not put a coat on? You know? And I don't put a coat on, by the way. You know what I mean? Okay. That's a different, like, down a different road, but. It's too much work too, and having to take a coat off, you know, it's kind of hard. And I get to never mind. Yeah, we got your nickname <laughs> Nails for a reason. You're tough as well, nails, but well, although we should change your nickname to a 15 inch cock now. No, no, no. <laughs> the strawberry, now strawberry had a 15 inch cock. Now, now he's, he was sounding like a fucking swamp mule. This motherfucker. <laughs> they taped his leg to his fucking cock. The only player in his cock to his leg. He's the only player in the league had to tape his leg to his cock. Who is this person you're talking about? Daryl Strawberry, Soulpool. Daryl Strawberry. Oh shit! Yeah. Fucking had a hammer on him, dude. I'm oh fucking, my I'm fucking god. A crane, bro. Okay. Well, and, now, yeah, he was he was my favorite player growing up, and now he's my favorite he's player to this. My guy. first, my first roommate, man. He invited me to live there. But no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gay by no means. But you can't miss that motherfucker. And I said to him, "Straw, knocking over lamps and shit while you're walking in the room." Bro, like, I gotta ask them, bro. Like, can you get that thing? Does it go all the way up in, like to the base, you know? Because I said, there's, there's body parts and shit up there. And he says, no, it can't. It can't go in. It can't go all the way. Said, Talk about rearranging women's. Yeah, yeah, he rearranged them. You know what I mean? He says, it can't go all the way. So I, and he's a preacher now, Strawberry. He's a preacher. Is he? Oh, yeah, he's been through some shit, man. He's, he's, yeah, had he's a, a good day. He's a good motherfucker. So is good, my boy. I talked to him today yeah. earlier. Who you know was I mean? the guy? Tell me, tell me a little bit about the um, that '86 team that you won the World Series with. Like, there's some wild stories that have come out on that 
team. Who was the guy that was supposedly nailing him underneath the bleachers in between innings? Um, um, Strawberry or is that good? I don't know. know. There's so much going on. I, I mean, <laughs> it was part of a like a third ESPN, I think. Yeah. Something like that, but but our, our 1993 Phillies team made that fucking 86 team look like fucking school children, bro. Oh shit, yeah. Oh, I mean, tell on, me, dude. tell me one story from the Mets and then one story from the Phillies. From the Mets, okay, I got a great story from the Mets. It's about our boy Darling. I have to use that. Sorry, I gotta tell it. So, okay, so we get to Chicago, okay. And what happens? You get to you get out, you get off the bus, you get the hotel, the the Travel sector gives everybody the keys of the rooms. So we go up to our rooms, and I have to go to mine. I'm across there with Darling going into his room, okay? And by the way, we got along and everything. I mean, you know, I mean, he was Mr. P, you know, Mr. Perfect. He went to Yale, you know. Yeah. He's a pretty boy. But anyway, so I heard his door, his door open right soon he gets in. He bolts out of there. So all of a sudden, five minutes later, I hear some fucking knocking on the fucking door over there. I looked at my people. And it's fucking some gas, bro. Some fucking gasoline. Some fucking canned heat. This chick was so fucking hot. I walk what was out the chick. Oh. A girl. A girl. I walk out okay. my fucking door and I say, Are you looking for, for Dar- Ron, Ron Darling? She said, Yeah. I said, He left with three girls just now. And she said, What? I said, Yeah, three girls. They're, they're, I said, But you can put yourself in my room if you want to wait and you know, for them. She didn't know how we to go. So for three days, I fucked his bitch, okay? So he knows that <laughs> I know that he knows. So the next three days in the clubhouse, he knew that I knew that he knew that I knew, okay? So fuck him on that one, okay? And, okay. and uh, she was pretty hot, too, by the way, you know? So that was his girlfriend or just some girl that he was uh, fucking import, up? Import, import, import. Import, okay. What is an import? On the road, you know, you imports, you know, import bitches, you know. Like yeah. a like a groupie, like a, a groupie. On- yeah, you, know, you fly him in, you fly him in, you know. Oh, you fly him okay. in. But see, I got smarter though, man. I got the Phillies. See, when the Phillies came, instead of fucking, see, remember, I'm all about fucking getting to the getting to the results the fastest way. Okay, that's good and bad. Okay, but but so when I have the Phillies, I'm making this money and all this stuff. I had all my boys. Bring the fucking bar to my fucking presidential suite. See, I never stayed at Team Hotel when I was with the Phillies one fucking time. I always would take the, the best the best hotel in the city and presidential suite, have my, my team set it all up, and they, they, they'd gather up all the pussy. So now when I got home, I'd be at the party that was on, okay? I mean, when the game was over, it was on. I'd have to go to a bar fucking trying to yell, hey, what's your name? Hello, hey. Fuck that shit, man. The table was set. Except Mitch Williams pitch, man. My even my, my chicks even would get pitched, but Mitch Williams would pitch. Because he could never end the fucking game, bro. You know? But anyways, so with the Phillies, remember I told you about how I judge myself? Like I like like after a game I always say, Okay, when I pay fan money to watch me play tonight. So the one time that I said no was and in my career, you know, as you get older, what, what a manager will do is they'll give you a Sunday day game off after a Saturday night game. You know, so they okay. get two days of rest. So for Gosier, a manager who was cool, and he knew the deal, too. So he'd always give me a Sunday day game off. So we're in Florida. 
before they had a dome, dude. I'm talking about fucking Florida in the fucking summer, daytime, dude. Fucking heat that's not even not even explainable. But yeah, humidity is fucking out of control. No, it's all cool. Saturday night's done. I make it through. I party my ass out. I don't even sleep. I don't sleep. It's Sunday. I'm not playing. I walk in the fucking love house. I look at the lineup. And I'm leading off. <laughs> I, dude, I almost fucking went down, dude. I said. Well, what did you no do the night before? So I what, can't what, fucking play. I said, there's no way I can oh, fucking play. I can't. What were, you, what were you doing before? Like, what, what was going on? Party all night. What are you doing before? Yeah, I don't know if you have like something. Dancing with the white ladies, fucking doing fucking all kinds of shit. What else? I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, look. When I played, nobody had to go to ever had to go to a pharmacy. You want a prescription filled? They came to me. I filled it. Okay. But back on point. So now I'm saying I can't play tonight. There's no fucking way. I mean, there's not enough drugs and nothing. There's no way I can play. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I said, I know what I'm gonna do. I know it. I'm gonna. I got these motherfuckers again. I'm gonna. Get, I'm gonna get fucking thrown out first pitch. Man. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna scream that fucking umpire, you motherfucker! And it was up. It was up. Eric Craig. Remember Eric Craig? Big, no. He's a, he's a big, big, fat umpire. He was pitching. I remember a day game. Fucking Florida, dude. I mean, it's fucking nine thousand degrees out there. First pitch right down the middle, I turn around, I start screaming, you motherfucker, fucking, I held my brain in his face. And I, he says, Lenny, I already know it. Jimmy already told me. If I'm going to be out here in this heat for two and a half hours, you're going to be out here in this heat for two and a half hours. <laughs> so for Gosey, he knew my fucking deal. He told the umpire ahead of time. Uh, like, Dice is gonna try to get run, man. So don't throw him out, fucking motherfucker. So yeah, I look in the dugout right after that. Bruce gave me that smirk, you know. So somehow, dude, I blew the fucking ball over the third baseman's head. Somehow, I got the second. I swear, I, I on everything I love, I kid you not. I couldn't breathe. I said, I wonder if anybody's ever fucking died after hitting a double. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, don't die out here, motherfucker. Don't die. I'm serious. And the shortstop comes over, how you doing? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Finally, I said, breathe, mother. Breathe. 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 And I made it, dude. So, I don't think anybody's ever, like, had that thought or worry like I had before. Like, when you're on a second about dying. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, like, and then I learned you can die fucking. <laughs> what? What's that? You can die fucking, that's what I understand. You know? Oh, you yeah. You can die like get a heart attack. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you take these dick pills now. You know, you got so you got some wood, <laughs> and you can go on these dick pills. You know, you got some wood, and so you know. Next thing you know, I start thinking about that shit because the mind's a powerful thing. Your mind, you know. You know yeah. what I mean? There you go. Yeah. So like, like what I was. I had so many fucking. I was ahead of the curve at all times. Like I took six fucking amoxicillin every fucking day, every day. You know why? It's like having a sniper on into your cock, bro. <laughs> fucking, nah, I got ahead of the curve there. Fucking, not, not, not having the, I like building a wide moat around my dick, you know? Protect me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, how, many times, how many times an hour do you use the word cock? I don't know. I know. I'm talking cussing a lot here. Uh, but um, not, yeah, that, all right, man. not that much. I use the word pussy more. 
But, but, um, um, you know what I do every day, though, man? I try to learn one thing, man. That's all I try to do. Being, being serious, whether it's from a kid. To, at the end of the day, it comes down to this, dude. I'm smart enough to know I'm not smart enough. How's that? Okay? So, so what I do is, is, is and, and I don't know, you know, Daryl, you look good, obviously, man. You take care of yourself. But, you know, I got some mileage, okay, bro? I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I keep it. I mean, I've been down some dark roads, okay? okay? I always find my way out, though, motherfucker. I always find my way out. But but, but, but I realize as you get older, time is precious, bro. See, see, see I used to play golf every day. And the offseason was a guy named Ted Portsman, a billionaire who uh, owned Portsman Level and um, Gold Street, a big billionaire. And he's fucking debonair, fucking great shape. And fucking one day, you know, he called me over his house and he says, uh, sit down. Because like, he always wanted me, to, when we play, I always walk with him, you know, I always talk. He liked my story, he liked my pussy stories, you know. So he says, sit down. So I go to him. I got a brain tumor. I got three months to live. I was like, whoa. No, dude, it, like he was dead serious. And three months later, dude, he fucking died. And this guy yeah. had it all. And he said, you know, I got all these billions, man. All this money. And, and I can't buy more. I can buy. I've always been able to buy myself in and out of pretty much anything I want. But I can't buy more time. So, so that's something that we take for granted. And we need to be grateful, you know, that every day above ground is a fucking good day. You know, you know, I mean, yeah, granted, right now, you know, it's fucking, we're wearing masks and all this crazy shit going on. But, you know, like the Twilight Zone out there. But if you're in the game, you still fucking breathe and you're in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so I think, you know, my, my deal is to give people hope, man, that uh, what I've been through, what I've been, what I've, what I've come back from. Because you know why? You gotta leave the ego back there, brother. You gotta leave it back there. I own my shit. You know, I wrote a New York Times bestseller book. If somebody would have told me fucking that when I was playing, I would write a New York Times bestselling book, I'd have laughed my fucking ass off. <laughs> the only way I passed English in fucking high school was I fucked my English teacher. <laughs> Can That's I ask the you fucking truth. You what? Okay. What is? That I wrote my fuck. I wrote a New York Times bestseller book. By myself, I had a, a ghostwriter, but he couldn't write in my voice. I, you know, I was going to hang my balls out there. I said, I fired him, you know, in the middle of the fucking thing. I said, look, not your fault, bro. Like, God himself couldn't write in my voice. So I called my editor up, biggest editor in the fucking planet. I got more number one sellers from HarperCollins. I said, hey, Peter, there's been a few changes, bro. Here's the first one. I fired the ghostwriter. I'm writing the motherfucker myself. And it gets Good quiet. for you, man. Good for you. And it gets quiet. It's quiet. I said, Peter. You stick with me. You fucking stick with me. I'll get you a bestseller. And I got him a New York Times bestseller, bro. Well, let, let me ask you a question real quick before Daryl asks his. Uh, do you think that with everything you've said, because you said some shit in that book, man. You've said, you know, some things that people weren't uh, happy about. Do you think that hurt you for getting into Hall of Fame? No, I didn't. I'm a, I wasn't qualified to get Hall of Fame. My, my M.O. was... Hit 300, get a three-year contract, party for two years, 
You, so you never cared about the Hall of Fame? You didn't give a shit? I didn't qualify for the Hall of Fame. I was in the Hall of Fame for fucking chasing pussies, brother. <laughs> the Pussy Hall of Fame. Pussy chasing Hall of Fame. That's where Lenny Dystra is, apparently. Um, but yeah, because, I mean, you know, you did man, talk I'm about steroids. Like, yeah, man, I'm going to have a cigarette, man. I'm in, I'm in California out here, man. Fucking bunch of fucking <laughs> tree-hugging motherfuckers. Land of the Great Pretenders. Fucking... <laughs> La La Land, fucking, they're your friend, they find somebody better, all the dudes have shoe polish in their fucking hair, bunch of pussies, man, all the chicks have the big bolt on, yeah, uh, anyway, so, what was, uh, Daryl, what, what was your question for, for, uh, I want to know if you follow, like, um, current events in sports, like the NBA's going to start playing the national anthem before, Every game now. I mean, you think about stuff like that? No, not even. I don't think about it at all, man. I don't know. You know why? Like, I don't even watch baseball anymore, man. Like, baseball, it's hard to watch, man. It's fucking, it's 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 painful almost. It's like a human Xanax, man. Like, 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 it's like, and then, I don't know, man. I just know one thing. This fucking Tom Brady, man. I mean, <laughs> Finally, something like somewhat. I mean, this guy's this guy's this guy's life's too good, man. Forty-three years old, he's still winning World Series. He's married to a fucking model, but I guess he had a little bit, you know, buzz last night, you know. Um, uh, yeah, he got he was he was a little hammered. There's a video that came out of him. Can't even he couldn't walk straight because he was shit from partying to celebrate yeah. Super Super Bowl win. Yeah, he I was on a so boat. I celebrate Super Bowl win. I fucking celebrate every fucking night. How's that, man? Yeah. Huh? I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to give him credit. He uh, He's won seven Super Bowls. And, Fuck, uh, man, he's got to get more credit, dude. I mean, did that fucking, shit on his own terms. I mean, that, that spiral he throws, that fucking looks like pussy coming at you, doesn't it? It looks so <laughs> fucking easy to catch. Huh? <laughs> well, what? What's so easy to catch? No, no, it's, it's, Tom Brady. Tom, a Tom Brady pass. You know, he throws that pass. Oh, it, yeah. looks like, it looks like pussy. It looks like the beautiful pussy coming at you, doesn't it? It's, how can you miss it, brother? How, how can you miss uh, it? Lenny Dykstra, you are a wordsmith, my friend. You are a wordsmith. wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's. I'm sure that. I'm sure that's how they coach the players too. Yeah. Well, Just thinking of this. Yeah, I like King C. You know, I mean King C. <laughs> Well, we talk. We you mentioned something about like the the you can't watch the games anymore in baseball. Like the game has changed a lot. Like they just announced yesterday that uh, there was a leaked uh, email in Major League Baseball that said they're now going to make the balls heavier because they don't they don't want less home runs. So they're they now whatever the fuck they want, dude. Yeah, that's they're, the fucking they're fucking with the ball again. That was so laughable about the game. Look, the steroids they needed the steroids to the fucking strike. Which I ended that fucking thing personally, single handedly ended that fucking strike. That's a story for another day. Okay. But okay. Like I said, I don't fucking lie. You know why I don't lie? I don't need to lie. Yeah, I tell you're, you're very honest. Lie. If it's if nothing, you're like honest. If I have to say, then fuck you. Because you know what? I ain't worried. I got enough friends. I don't need more friends. It's <laughs> like when I'm walking, somebody says, hey, how you doing today? I'll stop them and say, what did you say? How are you doing today? What the fuck you ask me how I'm doing today? You don't give a fuck how, I don't give a fuck how you're doing. You don't give a fuck how I'm doing. So you're wasting my fucking time. Uh, oh, yeah. You you definitely picked up some personality traits of living in New York and Philly. <laughs> so, no, I told you my nickname, right? King Cock? You know? <laughs> King Look, at Cock, right. Look at my credit card. What is, what is your nickname? 
King Cock. King C King, for short. King Cock. <laughs> King C. I see. Yeah. No, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I got Hold it higher. Hold it higher. Well, there you go. Oh, King C. Great. King Cock, man. Look. <laughs> yeah, that's my Visa card. Black card. Talk, King C. Talk, about, yeah. talk about bragging rights. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I'm more of a fucking, I'm more known for my artwork, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? I'm a fucking artist, bro. Like, as long as the canvas is clean, I can't do my fucking work if the canvas isn't clean, okay? <laughs> so, because, so, dude, listen, so a couple things going for me in that department. So when I was in high school playing football, without the pads, I didn't catch a pass, me and the guy collided, I almost bit my fucking tongue off, I swear to God, in high school. And my tongue was barely hanging on, I swear. They Damn. took me to the hospital. 12 stitches, I felt everyone go in and out, in and out. So I got this little fucking um, little ridge in my tongue. That's one of the things. And then, you know, my teeth, okay, what happened? So watch this, bro. So a chick saying, look, and I go like this, look. Check it out. I go like this. <laughs> so now, now, dude. He took his that, teeth out, man. You do that. Hey, you do that. You know, one time, you know, pass, you go back in, bro. There you go, man. <laughs> hey, so what I'm saying is, dude, there's nobody better out. Dude, I'm a fucking, I'm like Picasso, bro. He's okay? a Picasso with the ladies, man. Dude, listen, but, but, like I, but there's been some of them I've had to say. Any odor? You see that fucking door over there? There's a handle on that fucking door. Turn to the fucking left. Follow the exit sign. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Casanova here, man. I mean, you, you're going to have no shortage of uh, suitors for Valentine's Day. Maybe, again, I huh? like that the wordsmith. I like that. You are. I learned that today. Wordsmith. Lenny Dykstra is dead. That's one thing we learned today. Yeah, I told you I'd be on your show, man. You know, you know, look, look. At the end of the day, you got these sport people that play sports. You know, you met these people that come on Saturday like, um, you know, they, they put their pants on one day at a time. So else. I mean, look, granted, I mean, I hit some home runs when it mattered, okay? I mean, that's the key. You got to have somebody that, that hits shit when it does when it matters, okay? But see, see, I'm not, like, I got probably two friends in my, two real friends I call friends. A friend to me is somebody to take a bullet for you, you know? Somebody to be in your foxhole, you know what I mean? That's the kind of guy I am. I'm loyal to the fucking yeah. team. You know what I mean? I heard you were a great friend to... I heard you were... left the building, though, bro. Especially out here in California, all these fucking pussies. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Speaking of, speak, speaking of friends, Lenny, I heard you were a good friend to Charlie Sheen. Tell us about Charlie Sheen and how that friendship We were best friends, came. dude. Hey, let me tell you, man. Dude, that guy was a fucking great dude. Me and him, that guy... Are you still friends to this day or no? No, fuck no. I beat the shit out of him. This motherfucker. <laughs> listen, the two things I won't, I won't, I won't accept. One of them is somebody putting hands on a kid. Anybody touches a fucking kid, we're fighting, okay? And the other one is somebody that fucking beats up on women. So I didn't even know this about him, okay? I mean, but forget about the bad stuff because they got dude. That was the meltdown of all meltdowns of all meltdowns. But this motherfucker, dude. Let's talk about the good things about me. Dude, he was fucking cool as shit, man. When he was sober, man, he fucking was cool. Smart as fuck. Great fucking dude. Big heart. There's this problem. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know it. I found out about it after all the shit came up. 
He's gay. I don't, I don't, I don't judge. I don't judge. I mean, but he, he hated himself for it so bad. He hated himself for it so bad. He'd get up there. There were times, you know, I probably saved Charlie's life 10 times. Go up and, he would let no one, no one was allowed up in that room. He'd go up in that room for 10 days, you know. Well, the last time I went up there, I said, you know, all right. Well, the last time he got in there, he fucking fixed his room up and so he had a different room. And his fiance at the time, Scott Team, whatever, called me up, fucking screaming, saying, Charlie's been locked in the room for 10 days to get him out. And I said, yeah, I'll get him out. And she said, but you'll never, get, you'll never find him. I said, what do you mean? I've been there a thousand times. She said, no, we got a new room, but, uh, I kid you not, bro. He, well, first of all, he has an Israeli hit squad down there to fucking security so no one get through. So I, I walk in, and they said, where are you going? You know, Charlie, I said, fuck, you shoot me in the back, motherfuckers. So I go up, and I'm with the chick, because she said, you can't get in. She literally moves a fucking picture, dude. Like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Puts her hand on a fucking thing, puts it in some code, and a bookcase fucking moves over. So, oh, shit, so it was a hidden room. So Charlie, Charlie was holed up in a hidden room. And I walk in, and there's Charlie with his fucking, his, his fucking, uh, you know, silk pajamas, and his fucking got a, he's got a glass dick in one hand and a cigarette <laughs> in another hand. And I said, bro, bro, I gotta tell you, if you're gonna fucking, if you're gonna smoke that shit, that crack, whatever the fuck that is, this is the best crack room I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> it was a badass fucking room, dude. Like a high tech crack room. Yeah, dude, it was a badass fucking room. It had fucking Babe Ruth shit in there. Yeah, and so then I finally said after I broke the ice, I said, "Charlie, what the fuck are you doing, man? Is this your life, brother? Is this it, man? What's the end game here?" I said, "What the fuck are you doing? Have you been in this room fucking ten fucking days?" Then it gets dark from there. We don't want to go past that. Okay, and again. Charlie Sheen, though, deep down in person, fucking gives the fucking shirt off his back for you, man. Okay. Fucking, and by Good the way, he can play baseball, too. I met him while we were Dodgers seeing him playing the Dodgers. That's when I was raking. You know, I, I was firing all cylinders, man. You know, you know, we're firing all cylinders. Yeah, well, somewhere out of that time I arrived when everything's fucking firing, you know? I had the fucking, the juice was working, the fucking, the amphetamines were working. Had my PIs working. It was all working. <laughs> Did you help Charlie get ready for his role on Major League Baseball? No, uh, Major was, League? that was before that. But, okay. Uh, but anyways, we're down to see him, and I get the clubhouse dude says, hey, you got to call. This guy says, it's Charlie Sheen. Okay, it's 1993. I said, oh. So I, okay, because I liked him fucking in, in Wall Street, you know? Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. When he said to fucking Gordon Gecko, how many yachts can you water ski behind? Question, when is it enough, Gordon? Anyways, um, <laughs> so I say, and that's Charlie, I know his voice. He says, hey, yeah, I know he's a big baseball fan. He says, hey, I'll have my driver come over and pick you up and you know, hang out after the game if you want. You know, I says, fuck, yeah, I'm mad, bro. So he has this fucking guy pick me up. We go out in mountains. First thing he does, he takes me to a fucking cage, batting cage. Lights turns the lights on, like better lights than Dodger Stadium, bro. <laughs> batting cage is the best batting cage. I said, dude. This batting cage is better than any batting cage in the big leagues, man. But then I'm like, okay, now I got to watch him. Yeah, this fucking guy probably been watching TV too much. This guy cranks the machine up. Charlie's in there fucking raking, dude. I mean, raking. 
That's pretty I cool. Said, Dude, you can fucking hit. See, he wanted to be a baseball player. Sorry. Yeah. Daryl did too. Daryl wanted to be a player for a while. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Charlie used to tell me that he would take batting practice at UCLA. Yeah. There's a great story there, man. We were all doing the working out there. Charlie was taking VP. It's like you said. And the, the, the head coach wanted him to speak to the, to the, to the players, you know. Charlie. And Charlie, go ahead, man. I tell you. So I was like, stand back. I'm listening to Charlie talking. The first thing he said, okay, rule number one, don't smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great, so great probably, advice. So you knew Charlie too then. You know, you know, a, I mean, he's a great Darryl, guy. Daryl, you, you knew Charlie, Daryl? I worked with him in SNL for a week, and then I did a, a, um, a movie with him once, and we had a chance to talk a little bit about baseball and, he was really a fan. He, he is. He's a good guy, too, man. A good guy, yeah. man. Really fun to talk to. Yeah, this is just, just, uh, just, you know, it's tragic, you know, tragic. But look, that's what I'm saying, man. Life is fucking precious, man. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, I think we could all agree on that for sure. No, no, listen. You know, you know, you know I'm going to die? Somebody's oh. a sniper. Somebody's a sniper, dude. A sniper? Some one of these fuckers from one of these fucking, you know, I'm a whale hunter, brother. I'm a whale hunter. I, I, fucking, I, I fucking take down billionaires. I don't fuck around. So, so one of these big fucking whales is going to fucking put me out. It's, that's the only way I'm going to die. You better fucking kill me. I told those fucking <laughs> cops. Hey, I told those six fucking cops that came in my cell, you should have fucking killed me, motherfuckers. Okay? So, anyways, but... Um, you're living up to your nickname, man. Well, listen, man. No, I'm, but, but, uh, but, dude, I'm always willing to learn. I want to get better, man. And and and, and I'm a, I'm a real person, so I'm not, you know, I'm just I'm just normal. I consider myself fucking fucking grateful, man. Like I don't know about God and all that stuff. I don't know if there's God up there because you know they say ask God in your heart and all that stuff. Well, I've been asking, motherfucker. Come on in. Come on, motherfucker. Come on. <laughs> Here, I'm wide open. Get on in there. But I don't know. I just know one thing. You try to live right. You know, you try to treat people with respect and try to do the right thing. And then if there is a heaven or whatever it is, or wherever you go, you're going to go. I don't know. It's true. It's, it's over my pay grade. I can't worry about that. There's too many things to worry about here. You know? Like, back to pussy. Dogs gotta <laughs> eat. You know? Dogs gotta eat. Like, what? That dog's got to eat, brother. Dog's got to eat. Which dog is that? Pussy. Dog pussy. Dog. He's talking about getting pussy, Daryl. We started, we started the show about pussy. We're going to end the show. We're going to end the show about pussy. All right. Well. You know why, dude? Think about it. Why do we go to work every day? What do we try to make money for? So we can take care of our pussy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Dykstra. My right, God. Dude. The words. Call me back again. Call me. That's time to reach me 24-7, Daryl. You got it? 24-7. All right. Well, uh, before we go, you want to plug your book? It's called House of Nails, right? House of Nails. Yeah. And, you know, hey, not, not bragging, but I, I didn't remember. I never read a book before in my life. And, 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 and so let um, me say, hey, who's going to do your, uh, you know, your blurb or whatever? And so I called my editor. I said, hey, people tell me I should get somebody like famous to write something about my book. Yeah, and he said, "Yeah, that'd be good." And I said, well, "Well, who do you want? Who do you who do you want?" Well, he said, "Living fucking Stephen King, of course." 
I said, I got you, bro. I got you. So I got him. Stephen you King, got, you got Stephen. Ever, you got Stephen King to be part of your book. Yeah, the first time he ever did it in his life. On the book, it says, "Tough, straight, upsetting, and strangely beautiful." One of the best sports autobiographies I've ever read. So that's so Stephen King, isn't it? Strangely beautiful. All right. See, yeah. He's walked down some of them roads I've walked down, bro. We yeah. walked down them roads, okay? Yeah. And you... I said, uh, what about the back, man? Should we get something for the back? What about an actor or somebody like that? I don't know. He says, well, Jack Nicholson. I said, duh, I got that motherfucker too. You got Jack Nicholson to be on your book too. Yeah. See, see I was taking Dr. Stadium all the time. And, and he, he loved baseball. He's putting his son out there and always say, that's your old dad played, son, second base. Nicholson was fucking so fucking cool, dude. You know, so I drove to his house on that one, and he said, I'll do it. He's never done anything. He said, what do you want me to write? I said, I don't know. He said, all right. Fuck it. Nails nailed it. He said. <laughs> so that's it on the front. Nails uh, nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he always used to see him. And he said, "Where's old nails?" But but Nicholson, like you don't think of the dude as eighty now. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just like I mean, he's, he was just so fucking cool, you know? Yeah, he still is, man. He's a legend. He's a guy who's been around for a long time. You know, Oscar award winning. Let me say about a legend and end it with this because I gotta go. Sure. Uh, yeah, which reminds me of a chick. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry it had to hit me. Uh, from Newport Beach, this chick, spoiled little bitch, her name is, her, her name is fucking, um, uh, pop, pop, her name is Poppy, Poppy, had the best natural wreck I've ever seen, okay, <laughs> and so, you know, I'm 16, 17 years old, we start hammering away, and she says, I gotta go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm like, what the fuck, where are you going, what, she meant she's gonna come, oh, okay, yeah, so I, I, I gotta go, so I like that, see, there you go. So back on point. We were talking about something else. So, um, <laughs> uh, Lenny Dykstra, like I said, a wordsmith here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, you got a nice clean cover back there, brother. Nice white fucking enamel back there. Fucking nice, man. Yeah, that's. Uh, ah, I'm. Uh, get the fucking molding down there. Fucking all right, man. Not now, a bad. Not a bad set. Working over there. I love that fucking dark, dark wood. Where, where, where are you at right now? I'm in my apartment. New York where? City. New York oh, City, man. City? Yeah. Fuck. Oh, man. That's my place, brother. City. Where, where are you? Where are you, Lenny? Fucking Westwood, man. I'm oh, Westwood, Westwood, up in L.A., out in the yeah, West Side. Yeah, L.A., yeah. But, gotcha. you know, like, I came here because I'm out near Sorority Road, and this fucking virus fucked everything up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, what the fuck? Screwed up your chance to pick up chicks, yeah, man. New York, hey, New York is, is the best, brother. He's in it the best city in the world. But last time I was there, this virus, it was a trip, man. I was like 10 at night, I'm walking on the street. No one's on the street. They a fucking bottle in a trash can. It was like, warriors, come out and play. It's creepy, man. It was creepy, huh? Well, creepy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, virus don't want no part of my ass, though. So let me tell you that right now. Yeah, you do too, too many too many drugs that have uh, that can ward off the virus, huh? That virus don't want none of me, dude. None of me. You got to fight through that shit. You know there what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, you're tough as nails, man. That's yeah, for sure. I'm not tough, man, I'm not tough. You know what I am, man. I am. I'm just a fucking. I'm. I'm a, I'm a fucking. If I'm on your team, 
then you're going to be in good shape. If I'm against you, you're going to fucking lose, okay? You know why? I win before the game starts. I don't fucking play. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, right, uh, man. thank you so much for being on our podcast, Lane. Right, talking to you, bro. I'll see you in the city next time. What? Oh, what? He said I'll see you in the city next time. Next oh, time good. in the city, man. Good. Yeah. Hey, St. Regis, man. I spent so much fucking money there. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, fuck. Anyways, talk to you guys. Be safe. Thanks for having me. All right, Lenny. Thank you again. Appreciate it. All right. Lenny Dykstra, ladies and gentlemen. Holy shit, what a guest we had today. Wow. Lenny Dykstra, a a man of not so few words, that's for sure. I don't know if we've ever had a guest of that type of caliber before saying anything and everything. I mean, when I said a wordsmith, I was being quite sarcastic, and I think he just didn't really pick up on that, but... uh, Wow, what do you, what do you think? He said the word cock 762 <laughs> times. <laughs> and the word pussy like 1020. <laughs> this is like this is like how like the New York Times like keeps track of how many like lies Trump would say. We have someone who keeps oh, track yeah. of how many times we heard cock. Yeah. The yeah, entire just... time. There's no secret that this guy I was I was wondering I was like, why does this guy have some sort of like show or podcast? And then as we talked to him, I was like, Oh, this he would have been canceled first episode, mid episode. Just like when he got traded from the Mets to the Phillies, mid game, he would have been pulled. Woo. Yeah. But you know, uh he, he, it was entertaining if nothing else. And for those who are listening, you know, we're trying to bring in, we're trying to bring on different guests here and there. You know, we've we've got SNL people, we've got comedians, we've got you know, sports people. Now we had Andrew Yang last time. It's, it was a fun episode. If for nothing else, he's got some really wild stories. Um, he's a little hard to understand at certain times. Um, but I think overall, I think he, he definitely is a talker. He, this, I didn't think gonna, he, this is probably going to be, get our most downloads. Probably because of all the <laughs> shit he's saying. And, you know, and like, there's some times I'm just, you know, at the end when the, some of the things he was saying, I was like, all right, like, let's, this is time to end this. Like, it's, it was getting a little bit much, but, uh, you know, he's, he's very forward. So, you know, that's something that I guess I respect because he's not afraid of saying what's really on his mind and how he truly feels. But, you know, it was uh, it was definitely a fun interview, and uh, so our thanks to Lenny Dykstra for being on. Um, I hope that uh, for Ron Darling's sake that he was not faking his cancer, and I don't know really what kind of proof that Lenny has over that other than him saying that there's a doctor involved, that he won't release the doctor's name. So that's interesting. Maybe that'll make uh, make the news here. You know, Lenny Dykstra goes on, you know, Daryl Hammond and Chris Milhouse podcast and <laughs> calls out Ron Darling. But, um, yeah, he was definitely an entertaining guest. I hope you guys liked it. Don't forget to add us on social media at Daryl C. Hammond. Uh, I am at Chris Milhouse, two L's, and our producer is at Jim Search. Uh, and make sure to give us some uh, reviews, some five-star reviews. We're getting a lot of them. Um, kind of had to keep brief today, but I, I feel like next time when we do the, the next episode, maybe we'll read some of the, uh, the nice comments people have been leaving. That'd yeah, be let's thing. do that. So that way we, uh, we get back to people who – We've taken the time to be nice and uh, listen to our podcast. So thank you again for listening, guys. Uh, make sure you share our posts and tell your friends. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys soon. Good night. Good night. Good night.